Welcome to the Dream Life and Business Podcast. My name is Sarah Buner, and I created this podcast to share inspiring content and conversations to help you live your dream life. I also believe that entrepreneurship is the way that we can have the time, money, and energy to live our best lives. And so we talk about all things business here too. And just remember, your dream life is always just one decision away. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to introduce my guest today is Corey Wamsley. She is an author and the um, owner and CEO of Aurora Coriolis Publishing. And so, Corey, thank you for being here today. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thanks for having me on. And so I'd love to know, I've actually, ever since I've like known you from the online world, I would love to hear the story behind the birth of Aurora Coriolis. Let's start there. Yeah, um, so I actually was a writing coach and a book editor for about five years. And I was working with an intuitive coach. And when we first started working together, she said, what do you think about having a publishing house? And I was like, that sounds like so much work and I can't possibly handle that. And then I kind of forgot that she asked me about that. And as we worked together, I started bringing people onto my team because I was actually handling everything myself. So I was doing the coaching then I was editing and I was doing the formatting, like every single step of everything to help my clients. So that fall, I started bringing on some, uh, some editors to work with me and it was probably about nine months total that we had been working together. And she said, so what do you think about maybe starting a publishing house? And I sat there for a minute and I said, you know what? I think that'd be a lot easier for everyone because then everybody can just give me their book and we can all you know, work our magic over here on this end. And she said, do you remember me asking you that a few months ago? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. And I said, yeah, you absolutely not up for it. So that's kind of how we got started. Um, it came from my desire to really dig in and help my clients because there's just so much involved in writing your book. And it's more than just writing the book. It's the editing process. It's having a good cover designer. It's yeah. knowing how to do the layout for publishing and actually knowing how to publish and what the best way is to get distribution and have an ISBN and register your book and all of those things. And it was exhausting for people when I was like, here's your list. You have to do all of these things. And, and they'd be like, can you walk me through them? So, you know, if I'm doing all these things anyway, I might as well just take that off their plate and take the stress away. Oh, I love that because you're right. I think it's when people start to like the idea of a book is such a beautiful thing. And then I feel like a lot of people get stuck with all of those technical pieces. Yeah, they do. It really bogs you down when you, because you want to release that story. You want to share, you know, your deep thoughts, you want to share your journey, connect with people, but then there's all that stuff afterwards. And that just feels so funky to people. And it can be really challenging. It definitely holds people back. Well, what I love too, is what you're talking about. And I feel like a lot of heart-centered or mission-driven business owners, we start out doing it all ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what was that process like for you too? kind of let go and transition into having people support you versus you doing it all? Was it an easy transition? Do you feel like it was challenging or? (laughs) Um, I I think it was made easy because I had already connected with some people. 
Um, I knew one of our editors, Allison, because she had been to a couple of my events and, you know, we had mutual friends. So I already felt like there was some trust there. Yeah. And I think that that's hard for a lot of business owners building their team and just being like, Hey, does anybody know anybody? And people come in and you're like, do I trust them? Is this right. somebody I'm going to be able to work with? Um, but just because I had spoken with her before, because I knew about her work, I knew she was somebody I, I would feel comfortable having on our team or like Karen, our cover designer, I had already been sending people to her. So I knew the quality of work. I knew her timelines, like I knew how she functioned. So I feel like that made that a lot easier. Um, of course, there are always certain pieces that it's like, I don't know anybody who does this. And I had right. to really like trust and be like, okay, who's going to be able to do this? Yeah. Um, so there were challenges. And then there were also things that were like, yeah, that's an easy yes. I can easily yeah. bring that person. They'll, they'll just plug in and know exactly what they're doing. I love that. And it sounds like what you did was more of a gradual, organic step-by-step of partnering with other people that you knew had specialties that could support you. And then as that trust built, you brought them in to support you. Yeah, we we are, uh, everybody who works with me is a contractor. Yeah. So like employing them, yeah. um, I love having that sort of flexibility too. So if I reach out and say, hey, what's your schedule like for the summer? And they say, I'm going to be gone part of August. I'm not over here panicking. I'm like, okay, you know, I know that I need to bring in someone else that can plug into that, that Uh, goal and everything will work out. Yeah. I love that. Do you feel like, what was it like after you started to delegate? Do you feel like, how did your role in your business shift? Did you find that you had more capacity or what did you notice after starting to get more help and not doing it all? Yeah, um, definitely more capacity um, because it's really hard to edit two books at once. (laughs) I don't know if anybody's (laughs) ever um it's hard to read two books at once and then to actually put in that brain power that we need to you know be able to move the pieces around um so once I started doing that I felt like okay you know this is going to kind of get easier and get easier um there was definitely a shift in how I saw my role too because I've, I've always kind of seen myself as like the face of the company but then I was also trying to shift back and do the work too. And it's really hard to shift between those two roles yes. and actually be able to like put enough time and brain power into either of those roles. So I've had to shift how I see myself as you know the face of the company, the person who's bringing people in, the one who's having those conversations with people and you know explaining what we do and knowing the full process. Um, and I think... I think as business owners, we run into a challenge with that, not just because we're so used to being the worker bee, but also because we feel like, okay, well, I'm not doing anything. Um, oh. You know, how do I deserve my pay? I, I, that was kind of a challenge for me, you know, okay, well, I'm just going to skim this little teensy bit off, but I'm not doing anything. Well, I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing all the outreach. I'm doing all the connection. Um, so I think that was, that was hard for me was to shift yeah. into that role like okay I'm actually doing things like I I spend my whole day doing things yeah just yeah and you know what I feel in that is that I like there's like such subconscious programming I feel like at least for us women that if we're not productively like exploiting our energy and working ourselves to death that what we're doing is invaluable and it sounds like you came up against that in your business too yeah, definitely. Um, I think some of that was from my corporate work before. I used to work for the government for 10 years as a technical writer. And it was very much, if if you aren't sitting there pecking away at the keyboard, you're not doing anything. Oh, interesting. And when you're writing, like 
I, I mean, I, I would have a boss walk by and be like, oh, are you, do you not have enough to do? I'm like, I'm reading something on my screen. Right. And process, I want to adjust that paragraph. Like, just because my fingers aren't moving doesn't mean that I'm not doing anything. So I right. definitely carry that over into the new role. Gosh, and I can't even imagine because I feel like some, at least for me, so much of writing is like the thinking part. <laughs> so if the productivity is just based on the typing piece, that seems really, the word that keeps popping in my head is grueling. Yes. Yeah. Very. It's very stressful feeling that you have to be creating something that looks like you're creating something um, to other people. Wow. You know, the other thing too, I think what you're talking about, a lot of people when they're stepping into that, that leadership CEO visionary role, which I feel like that is entrepreneurship, right? And that's when we're, we're growing and scaling. It's, really taking time to value first off that we're holding the energy of the entire company that, that the businesses and the missions we run have a vibration to them. And you also have all of the risk <laughs> financially, yeah. right. And that you're right. All of the marketing and the the face and then the systems and then the collaborating and working with the team, even though it's not the, you know, nitty gritty workhorsey kind of stuff of the business, it's so invaluable. Yeah. And a lot of it is, um, you know, you mentioned about the energy of the vision too. Um, I constantly have to, you know, answer emails, which is fine. I want my contractors to email me and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Um, especially, um, like I was answering a couple of emails this morning about editing. Um, you know, we don't have, I mean, we have a style guide, but we don't have every single little teeny thing in right. there that I could think of. So it's like, as we're moving, as we're growing, I need to make decisions to keep the ship going in the same direction. Right. Um, so that vision, like, what is your vision for the glossary of a book? That's right. the conversation. Um, I had a conversation last year, you know, about um, some of the illustrations for one of our children's books. Like I sit in on those conversations. How do you see hot socks hugging? Um, yeah. you know, these are the kind of things I need to think about, which is really cool. Yeah. But at the same time, like, well, I'm the one who has to keep that, like, this is what my brand is about. This is how we see things and keep the consistency across the board. So, you know, I'm sure other business owners run into that too. Right. And that that actually takes a lot of energy. And like you said, it takes time too, but energy and it's, it's worth its own. It's valuable. It's super invaluable. Yeah. Would you, when you look at doing it all yourself versus working with a team? And, and I, again, I think you brought up another thing. When people talk about team, it doesn't mean you have to bring on a W2. It means partnering with other people. It can mean so many different things, but I think people are so afraid to, to work and collaborate and bring on any kind of team that they get stuck. So do you feel like when you look at before you were like, when you were doing everything yourself versus now, are you happy that you made that transition or are there things you miss or can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I always felt like this is where I wanted to be. And so I enjoy the different pieces of it, but I've realized over time, like there've been a couple of times when we just didn't have an editor available and I've been yeah. like, Oh, I'll jump in and do this. I'm trying to do that. And then I'm stretching myself thin. And I've, I've realized that a couple of times it's just not feasible for me to be, you know, steering the ship and also doing the different jobs underneath. Um, so I, yeah, I do enjoy where I'm at right now. Um, I love getting on and, you know, talking to people about their books. I love doing the coaching piece where I get to, you know, break down what they're thinking about and 
you know, guide them through that journey. So I feel like that's, that's a comfortable thing for me to still be handling while also managing, you know, the full company. Yeah, yeah I, I do love no. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, that's, I've had, I have people that help me just like you do like in contracting positions, but recently brought my husband on part-time because I had that same realization that as you grow, all of that can really, it spreads you thin. And, and even if we can do enough self-care to balance that, it impacts the long-term vision too. Yeah. yeah. And now that he's taking on some of the inside work of some of the other technical pieces. It's like, oh, now I have more bandwidth to think, to collaborate, to do all of the things that feel back to the vision. It sounds like that's, that's what you're saying too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, that, there are little things that I've passed off to my VA to, um, uh, like we have a PR person, we have marketing now, like little pieces that I was like over here trying to figure out how to do them. Like it's not worth me sitting here not doing them well, right? Um, when there's someone there who's already doing it well, and I can just say, "All right, this piece is now yours." Yes. Oh, that mindset shift of delegating to people who they already know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I'm so curious, and I'm sure this varies, but how do how do you work with your clients when it comes to publishing books? Um, so we have like three different points of entry for uh, a novel size book. Um, and most of the people we work with are business owners who have a story that they want to tell. They want to share about you know, some journey they've been on, some challenges. Um, so they need to figure out how to get that story out to their audience. Um, so some people choose to go the ghostwriting route where they work with our ghostwriter. Um, she sits down with them and helps plot out the whole book. She gets, you know, does check-ins with them, make sure that she's captured their voice and their vision. Yeah. Um, so we have that piece. Um, some people come in and they want coaching. So we have a one-to-one coaching program and a group coaching program. And both of those are five months long. We basically take it from concept to manuscript. Um, and then some people already, you know, they want to write on their own. So they handle that. And then um, they come in at the editing phase. So that that's when all three of those pieces come to the editing phase. Um, we work through the editing process. We do the cover, the layout for ebook and paperback. Um, we do all those different pieces to make sure that everything is publishing ready. And then we also have somebody who's a visibility expert who sits down with them. She handles some of the PR sort of things, um, reaching out to podcasts, uh, magazines, that kind of stuff. Um, and we just recently brought in a marketing piece too. So she's going to be handling um, like Facebook ads, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ads on Amazon, that kind of thing. That way they're getting even more visibility around the book because those pieces are so hard for the author to try to handle that and get the book out yeah. and, you know, be the face of the book. Sort of yes. Thing. Yeah, that's something, you know, when I was kind of perusing the Aurora Coriolis website that I was so impressed with is it's not just about bringing the book to publish. Like there's a lot of press and sharing and and visibility and getting the book out there, which I feel like when we have an idea, at least most people, when they have an idea, they forget that that part's important. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with authors, it it can feel like you know, I know some people who take years to write their books. Yeah. Um, it's not necessary, but some people do take years. And by the time you've got that book out, it can feel really exhausting because you, you're like, okay, I wrote this whole thing. We've been through this whole process. And sometimes people just put it up on Amazon. And I always joke that they like cross their fingers and, you know, hope, hope mm-hmm. the best. I'm going to find it. 
Um, but that's a piece we love to talk to our authors about is making sure that people know you've written a book, know where to get it, know what it's about, how it's going to help them. Because um, nobody's going to buy a book that they don't know about. Right. Right. Oh, that's such a, you know, my husband self-published a few years back just as a hobby. And it's, I can see what you're talking about. You know, if we get in conversation at like, you know, a barbecue or something, he'll sell a few here or there, but it's been yeah. interesting to, and he did a cafe visit once and that was really cool. And, and the visibility is what got him selling the book, but I could see where that's a really important piece to think about just in general. Yeah. And um, so what are your thoughts about, you know, working with a publisher like yourself versus the self-publishing world? Because I know self-publishing has become such a big thing these days. What's your perspective on that? Um, I think everyone should do what feels best for them. I'm never going to tell somebody, absolutely do not self-publish, absolutely do not do this. Um, you know, some people love to find their own people and pull all those pieces together and, you know, learn about the journey. And if that's for that person, awesome. Um, I went through that myself because I self-published my first five books. Um, I wrote them, I worked with an editor and then I self-published. And so I figured out like, okay, I need to do some different things here. Um, and for me, it was challenging, but like I you know, worked through every single little thing. And those were not successful books because I didn't understand fully how to get them in front of people. Uh, so honestly, at this point in my journey, if it were up to me, I would be hiring a hybrid publishing house because I, I know then, okay, they've got all the people. I can just pass it off to them. Um, whenever I write my books now, that's exactly what I yeah. do. I don't sit over trying to do every piece by myself. I you know contacted our uh, cover designer. I have a book coming out this fall and we were just talking about like, okay, we need to set up a meeting so we can talk about the book. Um, right now I'm working through some edits from my beta readers because I put it out to people to get opinions before I finalize and give it to my editor. So I've already started on all of those pieces, but I'm kind of at the helm. I'm not doing all of that myself because there is a ton of work to get it to the point that I want it to be. Um, and I believe that if you have your name on something, you want it to be the best it can be. You don't want it to be like, all right, checklist done. Finally got that over with. Right. Um, that's going to be out And you want to use a book if you've taken the time to write it. Right. And I can sense too, it's like a labor and you're having this community care and you just want to be focused on getting it out the best way you can. <laughs> yeah. Catch the baby and clean it up. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. And so I'm wondering, I know before we hit record, you mentioned the word storytelling. And when I was on my morning walk this morning, that popped in just randomly and intuitively. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I'm, I guess I'm kind of answering the question I was going to ask you, but what is the big why for you about writing and publishing? Like, what is it about writing and storytelling that you find so magical and powerful that inspires you to both be an author and a coach in a publishing company? Yeah, um, I've always loved the connection that is created by storytelling. Um, in my, my former life where I was working for the government as a writer, um, one of the cool things I got to do was interview scientists and talk about, you know, what they do, um, make them into quote, real people is what we were told to do. Um, so I got to interview them about not only what they were doing in the lab, but also what they did outside of the lab. And we talked to people who uh, worked for different nonprofits or, um, you know, they, they did things that inspire them. And those are the things that really help connect people 
you know, if you popped onto the website, you'd see like, oh, here's somebody who's an amateur snowboarding champion. That's really cool. I'm going to read about that. Oh, and then that kind of got them into what they do in the lab. Um, so it was helping taxpayers understand like where their dollars are going and connect with real people who were, you know, actually making a difference in the world, not only in the lab, but also, you know, in their personal lives. So that was kind of when I first started learning about storytelling as a tool. Um, I've always used it myself as a fiction writer. And mm-hmm. in more recent years, I've taken a lot of the things that I've learned on my business journey and rolled those into my books. Um, so the characters that are in my books have actually gone through big transformations, but they're learning some of the same sort of things that I learned on my journey, like everything just works out for me or, um, you know, other things that are very supportive mantras, but you don't, you don't necessarily just want to read a list of mantras. It's like, how can I get this across to an audience in a way that is palatable to them? For me, it's through writing fiction, but for a lot of business owners, they have gone on this journey and they are trying to find a way to really connect with people. And the best way to connect is through storytelling, because you're going to remember somebody's story a lot easier than you're going to remember a bulleted list that you read on blog or something. Right. Um, It's that it really sticks with you. This is why like during, um, during ancient times, people told stories about how the sun came across the sky or how um, wheat is growing in the field. They didn't just say, oh, well, you know, it just pops up. Right. Who is going to remember that? That's not a story that gets passed on. It's, you know, the, this woman flies across the sky or this, yeah. you know, this God was very angry and, you know, zapped somebody with a lightning bolt. Um, those are the kind of things that we want to do in today's storytelling especially as business owners is, you know, letting people open up. Um, I could go on and on about that all day, but yeah. that's, that's really fun. It's, you know, that, that connection piece, how people have been through something and that can inspire others and give them hope. I love that. And I think that's too, it's, I'm sensing into probably what comes up with your clients or even yourself or any of us that are telling stories is that it, it can create this space of, vulnerability and fear fear visibility do you see that in your own journey of storytelling or when you're working with clients is that a common theme that comes up or is that just me (laughs) no um, i think a lot of people have a little bit of nerves about vulnerability and i mean it makes sense there are some people out there who are rude and mean and are judgmental but um, one of the tricks that I always tell my authors is if you start worrying about that kind of stuff, you have to sh- shift it back to who you're helping because yes. those are the people that the people out there who are being rude and mean, you can typically delete and block them um, from the internet, not from the right. world, but um, <laughs> sadly. Uh, but, you know, if you are putting out a story, you're aiming, aiming it at a certain audience. And that's always one of the first things you think about when you're writing is who is it that I'm reaching and what is it that they need help with? Why am I writing this book? And if you're focusing more on those pieces, a lot of times the issues of vulnerability will kind of die down because you're so involved with helping the right person. Right. And a lot of times when I have a like that initial conversation with people, they'll start talking about, oh, this is my story. This is all the stuff I've been through. And sometimes they'll start crying and, you know, I'm getting a lot of emotion. I'm like, okay, there's some challenges. I get that. Let's go to the other end of it. Who is it you're helping and why? And you hear this instant energy. Yes. They go from this, like, oh my God, I've been through this thing to, 
well, this is why I need to help. You know, I don't want these people to go through that. And this is, you know, this is how it's going to work. And this is who I'm going to inspire. And it's your shift. And that's the thing we want to capture in our writing is that shift to who we want to help. I felt it as you talked about it. That is so powerful because I feel like when we're telling a story, it's easy to get caught back up on us telling the story. But what I hear you saying is it reminds me of the quote from Dorn Virtue, where it's when you get nervous, focus on service. Yeah, that's a good one. That's so fun. Oh, yay. So I'm wondering, I also want to know more about you as an author. And because I know there's this, it's kind of like two pronged, right? So there's the publishing and the coaching and all that, but there's also this world of you writing. And so how many books have you published? Um, I have written nine and I have my 10th one coming out this fall and all of them are fiction except my one, the spark method, which is about how to write a book for your business. Um, And I wrote that one as a business tool for myself, Uh, but I love doing fiction and uh, I did uh, Braving the Shore. It came out last June, uh, June of 22. And this fall I have the treasures we seek coming out. And it's another story about um, a woman going through a, tough time in her life and how she's transformed by this trip she takes with her best friend and you know what she discovers along the way because it's not just um so they go to Italy for a dig that's that's the uh, main part of the story but you know it's not just that she's digging up physically in the dirt it's other things that she's uncovering within herself and that is really fun for me to write that kind of thing because I've come far as as a human and i'm sure a lot of other people have too and i want them to kind of discover you know within themselves as they're working through her story like oh you know i see these similarities in my life and oh i went through that so you know kind of connecting with these fictitious characters because everything they've been through is real oh i love that that's so juicy and i love too even as you're telling this the preview of the book i can get an image in my head the story already starts to come to life that's so amazing that's so cool so I wonder do you are you one of those people that gets like 20 million ideas for books and how do you keep yourself focused if so Um, no not really oh Uh, that's good lucky (laughs) I have two little kids and I have a business so I have so much other stuff that is occupying brain space that when I do get an idea it's like okay that that's interesting I'm gonna write that down um, I hadn't written anything in a long time. And then it was early summer of 21 that um, I, I just got this idea in my head that I kept playing with. And it was, I had seen a, a TV show where there was a car accident and somebody took advantage of the fallout from that. And they did some really unscrupulous things and ended up going to jail for it. And I kept playing with this idea of like, what if we had the same sort of situation, but flipping on its head? Like it wasn't an intentional um, thing where they took advantage of it. They um, ended up slipping into this other person's life and it was completely by mistake. You know, what if we can kind of play with that idea? And so that's where the beginning of Brave and the Shore came from was like, okay, you know, I can do this with good people, with people yeah. who aren't intended. Um, and I kept playing with it so much that I finally was like, all right, I think I have to write it Yeah, <laughs> because I'm not playing with it in my head and do nothing. So right. then I took about six weeks, like I, I banged out a, an outline for it 
And then took like six weeks and wrote the book because I happened to have kind of a lull in business at that point. And it's like, okay, we're going to do this. So I wrote it and um, I started moving it through all the, all the, uh, the beta readers, the editing, all of that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, that one, it was really weird how that one came about, but then of course, once you do something, you've got that adrenaline from it and the momentum and you're like, I gotta do another one. Um, so then I started thinking about my next book and I had all these ideas about it and it was going to be this, you know, fun kind of punchy sort of book. And I had the whole outline, wrote about three chapters and I'm like, this isn't working. So I stopped, um, this was early 22 and I, I wasn't sure why it wasn't working, but I knew you know, if I give it space and time, something will fall in. Yeah. And it will start working again. So I gave it space and time. And then that summer, so summer of 22, um, soon after I had published Braving the Shore, uh, my husband and I were watching a documentary uh, because we are nerds. And it was about a day in Italy. And I was watching it and I was like, well, wait a second, I had read this book years ago about how um, a scientist who, uh, I think she was an archaeologist, um, about how she was relating mythology with archaeology. And she was explaining a lot of the myths from like the Greek and Roman times as they weren't just, you know, oh, we're making up these creatures. And it, she said her, her idea was that they were finding bones and then writing stories about them which makes sense because that's where mythology comes from. They aren't just coming up with stuff. They're inspired by something specific. Like I was saying earlier, you know, the sun going across the sky or the wheat coming up in the field. Well, this, she was uh, actually correlating where the, the major fossil beds were in Europe with the origin of the myth. And they lined up perfectly. And I found it so interesting when I read that book, but then I, I put it on the shelf for a long time and just was like, oh, this is cool. But then that started coming back in and I went through and was reading snippets of that book. And I ended up pulling the dig together with some of that book. And then the character that I had started with, Kenzie, because she was just, she had to be there. It, yeah. it just wasn't going to go away. I had to write this character. Um, so I brought that into her world and that ended up being the major driving force of the book was going to Italy on this dig. And so I like gutted the whole interior of the book and popped that in and uh, worked on it for a few months. And finally, in the we just wrapped up the beta reader section and everybody seems to really like it. So I'm happy that I waited and gave myself that space to, you know, kind of incubate the story. I love that because it's, it's an interesting take too of, I feel like our world is so much about, I have to get this out. It has to be done now. And what I love about this is because you gave it time to incubate and rest, this juicy version was able to come in that you could bring yeah. forward. And had you pushed it, it might not have been that same thing. Right. And I, I don't normally wait for signs. I usually trust my intuition. Um, but at the kind of the beginning of the like swapping out the whole interior phase, um, I ended up having a coffee with one of my friends who was working. Uh, she was going to take part in our book, Unleashing Your Soul Level Magic. She was going to write one of the chapters. Yeah. And we sat down for coffee and I was asking her all these questions, like trying to you know, get the juices flowing because she was trying to figure out what chapter she might write, like what, what she was going to write about. And as we were talking, she said, well, I could write about the first time I flew on a plane. I'm like, okay, you know, what was going on in your life at that time? Where were you going? 
Well, she had just, uh, you know, had this breakup with her boyfriend and she was digging around online trying to find something that you know, just really felt like it was calling her. And she found um, an ad. They wanted volunteers for a dig in Italy. And she was telling me about this. It was like, you're joking because that's exactly the plot that I just wrote out for this book. She said, no. And I'm like, all right, well, I think that... Uh, that's a yes for your story and a yes for mine. So I think we're both writing this. Oh, I love that. That's a that's a very clear synchronicity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've known her for years, but that's not something I'd ever heard at yeah. all. I've yeah, never heard that. And dug the, done this dig in Italy and yeah, the whole story behind that. So that was really a cool thing to for us to come together and be like, all right, we both got a yes. Oh, I love that. That is so funny. You know, I'm wondering too, how does, how do you, this is such a hard question for people to answer, but how does like intuition and some of that more spiritual stuff integrate into your writing process and your book? Yeah. um, Well, I think that trusting your gut is always important when you're sharing anything. And I do ask my authors sometimes, you know, check in with themselves, um, you know, depending on how they are is how I'll get them. Um, I have some authors that I'm like, you need to go meditate and, you know, ask for answers. Um, yes. I worked with an author whose son had passed and you know, we always talked about, you know, what, what does he think? What is mm-hmm. he giving you a sign? And I fully believe he came in and told me the title of his book was in this chapter because I don't normally like dig around and hunt for titles, but yeah. I was like, I feel like I need to look in chapter 11. That's where his title is. And it was wow. it, that night I read it right there so I feel like you know if if you're open to it yeah it'll drop in and you should never force when you're writing um always go with flow if it feels uncomfortable stop and figure out why um sometimes it's just like this isn't a story I need to tell or that's mm-hmm. not what my audience needs or I'm not comfortable sharing that and you should always make sure that all three of those boxes are checked. Yes, that's what my audience needs. Yes, I feel comfortable sharing that. Um, and yes, I'm ready to share that story. Um, oh, yeah. Because if you're, feeling, if you're feeling any apprehension, you know, obviously sometimes there's fear. There's fear of getting yeah. the story out. But other times it's actually like, this isn't something I need to share. Right. Um, that's going to trigger or that's going to, you know, I'm not healed from that or you know, whatever it is. So I think it's important to explore all of those things when you're feeling any sort of a nudge. Right. Um, and I always encourage my authors to do. Oh, that's really juicy. That feels more um, trauma-informed and embodied and like allows us to hold that space more sacredly for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Have you, you talking about that client, have you heard of the, or read the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers? No. So it's, I read it years ago. So there's a woman, she was in a writing club and she got writer's block and she, it was her turn to share in this club. And she was sitting there and her brother had just passed and she was not woo-woo at all. And she was just sitting there staring at a blank page. And all of a sudden she started to hear his voice and wrote it. And she didn't know that that was like a woo-woo channel thing. She was just writing what she heard. And then it goes through the day and her story. And then like, it's just such a, it's one of the, I would say top, because I like to read too, probably top 20 most transformational books I've ever read of just understanding. And there's a lot of healing in there around, you know, siblings and children and just the afterlife. And even if people don't agree with 
what's said in the book. It's just such a wonderful journey to read. And what you were talking about with her son just triggered me to think about that, that book too. So if anybody's into the woo-woo, go check it out because it's it's super juicy too. That's really cool. I love that she was open enough to just write and not ask questions about it too. Right, right. And I'm pretty sure she was, the tone that I got from it was she was very matter of fact too. So the fact that she was that matter of a fact and let it come through, I think even made it more powerful because she wasn't trying to make some channeled book or whatnot. So, so it's a juicy one. So I'm wondering as we kind of wrap up towards the, well, actually there's two things I want to ask. One thing is I want to know more about what you're super jazzed about these days. What are you working on? Is it your book or what are the things that you're really passionate about right now that, that you're focused on? Yeah. Um, we have a lot of books coming out this fall, so I'm preparing for that. I'm very excited about, um, oh my goodness, there's so many things coming out. Um, we have a book, uh, from a woman in Pittsburgh who, um, she had a really challenging journey with mental health for like 20 years and she's writing, she wrote her story and that's coming oh, out. That's so fall. great. Um, how she's kind of gone through all of that and ended up healing herself ultimately. And it was a really amazing story that's coming out. Um, we have a group of authors in Florida that are doing an anthology talking about um, some of the challenges they've been through. Um, I believe it's all going to be business-based. Uh, so that's going to be coming out this fall. We have a group of authors in Erie, PA. Um, this will be our second one with the uh, leader of the book, Linda. Um, and she's got a group of authors talking about how uh, her authors have they're each talking, doing their own story, um, talking about how they've been through challenges and seek joy. So that's going to be kind of a joy-based book. Um, we have a children's book about a sloth who basically sleeps through most of Christmas stuff and ends up waking up in time to meet Santa and they end up doing cool stuff together. So it's really a cute story about how like, sometimes you feel like you've missed out, but then you actually have this huge opportunity that comes about if you just wait and be patient. I love that. Yeah. And that's our kids book coming out this fall. Um, and of course, uh, the treasures we seek, um, <laughs> I have a whole bunch of others, but they're all like, uh, clogged up in there. Cause there's just yes. so much stuff going on. We have a lot of really exciting stuff coming up. That's all of this. Oh my gosh. I'm such a bookworm too. I'm like going to go and peek at all of this. Um, I was going to go to another question, but as you were talking, another one popped up. Um, what was it? I've seen a lot of these and I, I wasn't aware that they were a thing until recently. These, I don't know if the right word is anthology, but where people come together, like you were talking about, um, I think Alicia Soul Level Magic. I remember when you marketed that. I don't know how, because there's so much in the online world. I think because it intrigued me, right? Where there's all these different people coming and collaborating in one book. So can you speak to some of the the magic or the what makes that like a special thing? I don't know how to ask that question, but what's that all about? <laughs> um, so what I always guide my authors on is making sure that you have a common theme for the book. It's not just a whole bunch of people telling stories, like give them parameters. You want to make sure um, that all the stories have a similar connection point. That way, when somebody's reading it, there's that cohesiveness to the book. So they're all different stories, but they all like the one um, that I just mentioned, they all end with, you know, finding joy or unleashing your soul level magic was about 
women who've been through a big challenge and they were kind of stuck. Like, um, I don't know what to do now. And they discovered a part of themselves that maybe they didn't know about before. It was yeah. like a soul level gift, something that was an innate gift to them that they were able to release. And that helped pull them through the challenge. So that was a really cool book to work on. Um, I actually coached everybody through that book and then we worked on it. Um, so I, I love that, like rising, you know, as a Phoenix sort of yes. uh, idea book but yeah the, the I think the magic in that is being able to get the group to know each other too um, I always suggest that uh, if I'm working with an author who has a collaborative book an anthology group book um, that they get their authors together uh, like once a month um, I have one who's doing it every week they meet up and they talk about any challenges they make sure that they're on the right track with their writing um, they're planning an event for this fall so like they are all in it is not just the main author who's like taking over like they get to know each other and understand each other's stories and I think that that's a really important thing to do is to let them bond because yes. then they are more excited about sharing the book and I've worked yeah. on some books um, like uh, our actually our uh, visibility expert Kelly Commander did a book with me and that's how I met her a few years ago but she did the book 21 about 21 women who were going through business challenges during the pandemic and how they positioned themselves for success afterwards. And because of that book, you know, she and I started collaborating. We yeah. met, met up with another author on that book and three of us have been doing a lot of workshops and stuff together. I've seen other collaborations happen because people met through that book and they you know, got to connect through their stories. So I think that there's a lot of magic that happens with anthologies. Oh, I love that. And as you're talking, I just think about, you know, creating a healed earth, right? Uh, this idea, I know some people call it like the new earth or the new paradigm. I can see now as you're talking, the beauty of storytelling and writing as bringing us all back to community too, mm -hmm. because everybody's so isolated and, and especially women, I feel like there's this community that we, that I can sense existed a long time ago. I don't know if you can feel it too, but I hear what I hear you talking about is this process, especially the collaboration, restores that. Yeah. That's really special. That's really cool. Yay. Okay. So my final question is for people who are thinking about writing a book or they've got one in their mind, do you have two or three tips for them of how to move forward if they're kind of stuck? Yeah. Um, so what I like to do first is to you know, figure out who it is you want to speak to. Um, if you have, you know, these ideas going through your head, um, sometimes you want to jot them all down. Um, you know, there is no wrong way yeah. to get started. Like, make sure that you actually get it out of your head first. Um, so even jotting down all the story or, you know, storylines just a little bit. Um, and then thinking about who it is you want to speak to and what you want them to get out of the book. That way you can eliminate some of the, the clutter or even take some of those extra pieces and move them underneath a, a, one of the headings um, because you have to know exactly who you're, who you're talking to, what they're getting out of it, what you want to get out of it. Otherwise, you're just kind of writing and then you write yourself into a wall and you know, it's more challenging to get out of that corner than it is to just know what you're doing to begin with and have a plan. Um, so definitely have a plan. Um, I know some people like to just sit down and write in journals. If you want to journal, 
Um, sometimes that'll help get your story out and then you can go back through and sort and decide what you want to use. Um, yeah, I, th I think those are probably the best tips. Make sure that you have a plan and that you're actually getting it out of your head. I love that. It's like the intention, just being intentional about what you're writing when you're writing it and having that focus. I could see where that helps because I'm thinking about like when I'm working with clients on messaging or even right now we're we're working on some new messaging for the business. It's like, if there isn't that intention, it's like looking at a crystal at all sides or you can only see like one side at a time. So, it, so with that intention and then getting it out of your head, it allows you to start to hone and focus it so you can see the whole crystal. That's cool. Exactly. So cool. Yay. Well, this has been such a fun and magical conversation. I'm so glad that we did this. And so where can people find you, hear more about you, Aurora Coriolis? Yeah. Um, so my website is auroracoriolispublishing.com. Um, you can find me on there. I have a blog. Um, I have a podcast myself that we just started. It's Page Turner's Studio with Corey. Um, so you can listen to that. Um, I am on Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, all as Corey Wamsley. And I'm always checking my uh, messages. So if someone wants to reach out to me there. Awesome. Oh, that's so juicy. And I'll put all the links below to it, including your podcast in case people want to follow along. So thank you for taking the time today to just spark this. This is such a cool conversation. And I feel like we could go so many different ways and stay on here for hours, but this has just been so invigorating. It makes me want to go sit down and, and work on a book <laughs> or at least write. So thanks again for joining me and for us. Yeah, joining us. All right. Yeah, this is so fun. Yay. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. And again, I'll put all of the information below and I will be back on again soon. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Dream Life and Business podcast so that you're notified when new episodes come out. And remember that your dream life is always one decision away.